David, Hard Knocks is showing way too much of Antonio Brown's frostbite. So what Barty part would you like to show off on Hard Knocks? I got no answer for that, sir. <laughs> we are the blistered feet of Fantasy Football Podcast. Ooh. It's kind of gross, right? <sighs> it's a necessary part of life. Frostbitten feet? The, the blisters are, he- are really part of the healing process. If you're like a mountain climber? Sure. Or an NFL athlete, apparently. I hope they don't rip it off, Jason. That's what they do with the blistered skin. Oh my god. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Do you think it was because he was in France in a cryogenic chamber? What are you saying about France? Do they not have the right kind of footwear in France? I think it was just Antonio Brown. I think you're completely correct. <laughs> I like I like John Gruden. He was like, um, he's like, it's totally not his fault. It was an accident. Anyone could have done it. You know, uh, Antonio Brown did do it, but anybody could have done it if they were Antonio Brown in France in 2019. Anyone could have done it, right? That's we, how I see things. We have a special guest on tonight. It's Tad Bukowski, uh, one of uh, the writers for Drink Five. Dot com and contributors, and you've been on podcasts many years now. And uh, what what do you think about the whole frostbit situation? Um, I mean, it's it's an epidemic. I don't think you guys quite understand. Everybody's uh, getting frostbit. I'm just saying, it's uh, <laughs> right. The the next Sarah McLaughlin uh, uh, commercial you'll see will be for the poor kids with the uh, the cryo freezing uh, blistering. It's, I would love if she moved on. That's a song I wish I had queued up. <laughs> I would like if she moved on from the dead animals and dying animals to like uh, NFL feet. players' feet. Dead yeah. and dying that's, feet, yeah, yes. Like... <laughs> that's, that's, that's the natural progression right there. Boom, that hit a wall. <laughs> oh, Sarah. Oh, I don't know what's worse here. Oh, man. We're doing it, though. All right, so we're we are... talking about the hard, the hard subjects. Yes, we're getting. We are also here to talk about the AFC West and the NFC West, and I believe I have those uh, divisions right. Am I correct, gentlemen? You are correct, sir. Okay, so last week we talked about the East Division, so you can check out that podcast on our website. You can go to our website and read the articles that we wrote up about uh, each of those eight teams. Uh, Tomorrow we will have eight more teams for you to dissect, but right now we're going to go over those teams live in your earballs. So if you have any questions in the uh, chat room, feel free to shoot them over to us, and we'll try to get to those as soon as we can. I have a question about earballs. You can't ask about (sighs) earballs. Sorry, I hate his rules. Save your earball questions for the end. He just has some rules that, like you know, we we can't we can't go beyond the veil. So you got to set professional boundaries. We're gonna get real high and go to Denver, or is it that you get real high once you've gone to Denver? I forget. Uh, And Dave's gonna break down the Joe Flacco led. AFC West possible champion. Denver I think I'll Broncos? just do it right here if that's okay with you. Okay, I guess we don't have to go to Denver. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Broncos. So we're going to talk about a number of different categories of things. If you haven't listened to the preseason podcast so far, uh, what's changed since last year? Who's the breakout or third year wide receiver on the team? Who's a sleeper person? That you can draft from sleeper that person. team. Very politically correct. A sleeper person. <laughs> because of all the all the women that we could be talking about. Right. You know, you never know. Uh, what, stud, <coughs> what stud or studs can you draft without hesitation or on studettes. that team? Who could be a waiver pickup during the season? And who are the rookies to know? Will they be relevant? So let's talk about uh, what's changed since last year. So first of all, Joe Flacco as a starting quarterback of the Broncos. So that'll be interesting. 
of course, he uh, was was injured for a time last year on the Ravens, and Lamar Jackson stepped in. And after the season was over, it looked like they basically were going complete, uh, complete Jackson, which means they just don't pass the ball any longer, which is an interesting philosophy, you know, for the NFL. And ringmaster of the Denver Broncos circus, John Elway, quarterback circus, I should be specific. I think he controls the entire circus. Yeah, but he's mainly into the quarterbacks. He's he, really into the I feel the quarterback like he doesn't circus. really care about the other positions. He's just like, bring in another quarterback. <laughs> if it's a three-ring circus, <laughs> the quarterbacks are in the center. We've ring. got That's it this guys. time. This is certainly the guy. <laughs> Tim need... Tebow is our man. <laughs> da, 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 da. I can't wait to see Paxton Lynch week one. Oh, wait, no, no. that's Oh, not Paxton. <laughs> not Paxton Lynch. No, no. Uh, so he brought no, Case in. Keen. Oh no, not Case Keen. He brought in another quarterback, uh, Drew Locke, selected number forty-two overall. So that's his new Paxton Lynch. I think that is a perfect way to uh, to sum up. <laughs> actually, um, as a as a Raider fan, I was quite happy to see uh, the, the the Broncos take Drew Locke for their their future. That was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> so the they, Raiders didn't accidentally take him. Also, yeah, that's yeah. They recently picked up former Lion Theo Riddick. He has a fractured shoulder, six to eight weeks. Theo Riddick is actually a really good uh, passing down back, uh, but the the Broncos already have a couple guys, so he's probably going to slot in as the number two or three as soon as he's healthy enough to play, which will be, uh, assuming the timeline is correct, probably week three or something like that. Uh, the biggest offensive boon, maybe later, right? Six to eight weeks, so maybe even in into like the season five. further. Yeah, yeah, they'd be you know that's, it, you're missing a decent amount of time at that point. The biggest offensive boon from a fantasy standpoint, it probably comes from the rookie Noah Fant uh, or Font. If I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, just let me know in the chat room. Thank Noah, you. let us know. Uh, tight end twenty. Uh, that's where he's going in drafts so far, who has been compared to a Jimmy Graham, Aaron Hernandez, Eric Ebron sort of tight end uh, in the case of Aaron Hernandez. Without the murders, as far as we know, um, hasn't happened yet. He was in Iowa, so we'll see. I think it's safe to assume. I don't know if it's safe to assume. Is it safe to assume? I'm going to assume anyways. <laughs> I'm going out on a limb here, assuming Noah Font has never killed anybody. Not, we have that on record now. That's can't turn back now. He's assuming, okay. yeah. Uh, uh, Broncos receivers beyond Emmanuel Sanders, who is the wide receiver 45 in drafts right now, are a bit of a jumble. He's actually, Sanders, the only wide receiver on the roster that has had a 45-catch season in the NFL. So every other person has not. Now, Cortland Sutton has had a close to that 42-reception season. But that's as close as the rest of the roster gets to being basically a, a fantasy-relevant wide receiver. So it's it's such a jumble right now, it's going to be hard to figure out exactly who's going to do what. I do like Sutton as uh, a bigger guy, more of a prototypical wide receiver one. That's what he was drafted for uh, when they got rid of Demarius Thomas. Um, they were they were looking to Sutton to be the guy. He didn't do so well last year, but he has the opportunity to do that this year. And generally, rookies, rookie receivers specifically, are not amazing. So we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to say that he has the opportunity uh, to become the number one receiver there. Uh, Sanders had uh, a lot of issues, injuries. He's older, etc. So I don't, I don't consider him to be the guy that he was over the past several I years. I concur. Sanders has kind of fallen off the map here, and uh, I'm all for Cortland Sutton because he shares the same birthday as me. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, so there you go. Let's talk about the things that really matter. Yes, exactly. Just the facts, ma'am. I like random stats more than most. 
Um, although his ADP is still very low, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of whispers about Royce Freeman, who was drafted pretty high, uh, higher draft equity than Philip Lindsay as a running back because Lindsay was an undrafted free agent and Freeman was taken in like the second round or something. I don't, I don't have that exact number right here. Uh, but he right now, Freeman has a 10th round ADP as the 39th running back. And everyone is saying he'll have an increased workload. They're going to try to give Philip Lindsay less. They probably will give him less uh, goal line or short yardage carries. But maintain him uh, as the smaller guy, as the passing back guy, like he did really well last year. So as a sleeper, I would say Freeman is a, is a good one because you can still pick him up in the 10th round. But he might end up being more of a split uh, running back by committee this particular year. Uh, you guys thoughts on Lindsay versus Freeman? You know, Lindsay was such a huge explosion of talent last year. Um, obviously you're not going to see that sort of thing again from a undrafted free agent for quite a while, but um, you know, Royce Freeman, he was a third round pick. So that means they thought he had some talent. I assume that they're not going to just give up on him yet. Well, he still had a lot of touchdowns and carries last year. They were using him. Yeah. He had, um, I had the number here a moment ago, uh, 130 carries. So, yeah, I mean, the point, the point is that from, from what I've heard, they're going to try to shift that equation a little bit more equally, um, or at least short yardage more Freeman, and then giving Lindsay those opportunities where he can break free and get those big runs uh, on a pass or on a third down. Yeah, I see like a two-to-one split. Like Freeman had about 10 carries per game last year. I bet that Lindsay would have like 20. Yeah, I could definitely uh, see that there. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, Joe Flacco being uh, uh, being the quarterback too. I mean, a lot of the offense is going to be, uh, in my opinion, shortened to the center. Like, you know, when Joe Flacco was in Baltimore, how many uh, how many Pro Bowl uh, receiving uh, wide receivers did they have uh, in his tenure? <laughs> I mean, but but you know the uh, but the tight ends though. Torrey you know, Smith might have been his only one ever. Exactly, exactly. Well, this is the point, is that the offense is shifting a little bit, and so so will the amount of carries and percentage of those carries uh, as relates to well, the... Well, isn't Lindsay a better receiving back? Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. It, it boils down to who's the, the better uh, receiving back there, I okay. think, because there's going to be a lot of dump-offs. Yep, Joe Flacco will be taking a lot of dumps all over the field. Psh. One player that might go undrafted in some leagues, but also kind of fits the sleeper tag and definitely would be picked up on the waiver wire throughout the the year is Deshaun Hamilton, who is a 20th round ADP right now, wide receiver number 66 uh, off the board. But Hamilton was averaging 9.5 targets over his last four games, and he'll be the primary slot receiver for the Broncos. He could easily, in my opinion, eclipse Cortland Sutton as the number one guy, except for the fact that he's, he's mainly primarily a slot guy. So... I, I don't see him having a super high ceiling. Uh, his comps are to Steve Johnson of the Bills, if you remember him from, from years ago, uh, who had several seasons of around 80 receptions for 1,000-plus yards. And I think that Hamilton could be very good because he already was and showed it, whereas Sutton is a guy who hasn't really shown those skills. But he's not a number one receiver. He's not an X guy. So it depends on how they end up running the offense. But as you said about Flacco... Maybe he does end up, uh, you know, doing the Steve Smith thing and throwing the ball a lot to the slot guy, throwing the ball to the tight end, uh, running the ball under center, and and then you won't have so much of Sutton and Sanders who are trying to get out there and make big plays. Yeah, I, I really just I don't, I don't see a lot of deep balls. I don't see a lot of wide balls. I just uh, see him, uh, you know, down the middle, uh, well, short and sweet. I, I know Joe Flacco loves throwing. Uh, deep balls for defensive pass interference calls. Okay, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so that's one of his favorite throws. 
the the rookies Noah Font is more than likely the only rookie that will have a fantasy impact in my opinion uh, drafted as the 20th tight end off the board right now he will score some touchdowns he will be a waiver wire fill in the tight ends are uh, over the past two years have not been very good after the first four or five maybe even you could say three or four so those are guys that you will pick up in bye weeks and maybe might even pick up because your guy that you selected just sucks like, oh, why did I take this guy? And you end up having to drop that tight end. How many times has that happened to you guys over the past two years? You pick a tight end who's not one of the top three or four. You're trading from the wire three or four times during the year oh, yeah. because those guys are just not putting up a high level of production. Uh, I do want to mention uh, Juwan Winfrey is a developmental prospect who could be good down the road. He's a round six wide receiver that was taken in the draft this year. And everybody's saying good things about him, too. But similar to uh, Jacoby on the Patriots, just because you have camp hype and you're a young, uh, hyper receiver does not mean that you're actually going to be the starter or a starter or even play in games. So uh, I, I don't think that Winfrey is a guy that will develop this year necessarily, but he could on this team especially because of what I told you earlier, the fact that no one on this team besides Sanders has even had 45 receptions. Right. I mean... It's really hard for me to predict who's really going to do well on this team. It could be somebody uh, completely out of nowhere gets 60 or 70 catches this year. Well, I'm here for you, man. Uh, I, well, you gave me a few names. and uh, I think it's Hamilton. Uh, but, yeah, I think Winfrey is a flyer that's not really going to pan out this year, maybe in the future. Yeah. So remember, there's a theme to all the music. If you can tell me the theme... You may pick your entry as a winner to send some swag to. Don't you want some swag? Some drink five swag. You'll be, the, swag. you'll be the envy of everyone in your fantasy draft. You don't have any swag yet, Ted? I, I mean, I, w- I was going to be uh, waiting to see who what the, uh, what the songs were so I could uh, win, win some drink five swag. So you can guess the theme. <laughs> we're going to send Ted some swag. Yeah, we can send Ted some swag. <laughs> it's, why I'm, it's why I'm doing the show. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> he wants the swag bag. <laughs> All right. So the next team we're going to talk about is the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Rams were the NFC champs of last year. They you know, went to the Super Bowl, so they really don't have a ton of changes, in my opinion, uh, that they bothered to make. They do not have C.J. Anderson anymore, and they also um, acquired Blake Bortles. But neither of those changes really affect the way that the starting lineup is was going to look in week one anyways. I mean, I, I think uh, Blake Bortles will probably end up playing at some point, right? Is, is Jared Goff hasn't been playing 16 games a year, right? Because Jared Goff will get injured, you're saying? I mean, I'm just asking. He hasn't been playing 16 games a year, I don't think. Um, I think he played 16 games last year. Yeah, last year, yeah. The year before, he played 15, and then his rookie year, he played 7, which I think was the last 7 of the year. So yeah, I mean he's only missed one. He missed one game last the year before, and I think uh, he was set. He set out because it was like a they were clinched already. I'm not sure. I just want some Bortles. I know you're a big <laughs> Bortles fan, Dave. I'm sorry we can't give it to you right now. Well, we'll I, I'll see some Bortles out there. <laughs> so uh, the, the biggest <laughs> thing that's going to help them, I guess, uh, as compared to the end of last year, is that uh, Cooper Cup is going to be back. Um, so if he had stuck around last year, here's his extrapolated stats. He would have had 80 catches over 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. That would have made him the number eight wide receiver in standard scoring. It would have put him right between Michael Thomas and Juju Smith-Schuster. 
So I do think that Cooper Cup is going to possibly be kind of a superstar wide receiver this year. He, uh, more than most people, has a chance to break into the top 10. Um, so, you know, it's good company when you uh, have that kind of guy returning to your team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've got a lot of um, they got a lot of wide out uh, threats uh, in uh, in L.A. And um, um, yeah, like you said, I, I definitely think that Cooper Cup's ready to, uh, uh, to to step up, maybe even take over as the the number one there. Mr. Cooks. Yeah, you got Cooks. You got Woods. I mean, you talk about a lot of teams that may have two good wide receivers. This team goes three deep uh, at stud wide receivers. So, are you worried at all about? Uh, what happened last year at the end of the year for the Rams and how their offense just kind of sat down on the ground and refused to get up? Um, I mean, you know, they had to play a very good defense. They played enough offense in the postseason to get to the Super Bowl. You know, they, I'm had, just, they I'm put three about, points in the Super Bowl. That sucks. I'm just talking about trends. That totally I, sucks. I don't know why that happened. But, but that is one game, and I think that for fantasy football, I'm not worried about the team producing. Okay. I don't think that they're going to, like, be scarred by the ghost of Bill Belichick. Although I'm sure many football players are. <laughs> um, so who's the breakout guy this year? Technically, Cooper Cup is a third-year receiver, but he doesn't count because he's awesome already. Um, but we did see Josh Reynolds fill with fill in for Cup. He is a third-year wide receiver. So I think he uh, could step up if he could find his way past any of the big three. But you he'd know. be a, a number four getting 1,000 yards? That's not likely. Well, I was finishing my sentence there. Uh, if... He could find a way past Cup, Woods, or Cooks. Since I don't think that he can, uh, you know, I look to Gerald Everett, who is a third-year tight end, um, and I think he'll be incorporated in the offense more. Again, he's not going to necessarily get to like the kind of marks that we're hoping for from wide receivers, um, but his receptions more than doubled last year from his rookie season, and he's still not really being drafted this year. Uh, so Everett had 50 targets last year. I think that number can creep closer to the 70 or 80 mark because uh, if he plays the full 16 games, and that is going to make him a low-end tight end one option if he winds up with 70 to 80 targets, I think. Oh, uh, absolutely. So, yeah, Gerald Everett is a guy that you can keep an eye on as someone who is uh, – Stock rising on this team. Everyone else's stock is kind of high, and it's steady at the moment, I'd say. Other than Todd Gurley's stock, which goes way up and down. Yeah, that's a weak that, If you go to the Super Bowl and don't make any changes, that you have many players that are sleepers. Um, your opponents may need to be literally asleep for you to steal those players. So right now, Cooks has an ADP of 40. Woods is 41. Cup is 48. Their rankings are all in that area. Um, so none of them are necessarily a steal, but obviously of that group, I recommend Cooper Cup, as I was talking him up very much earlier, and he has the lowest draft position at the moment. So if he's available at the end of the fifth round, or anywhere in the fifth round, in my opinion, uh, you take him. I, th- I think there's a be good. there's a better sleeper, but I think you'll mention him at the end. All right. I think I'll mention him as well, um, but maybe in a different context. Anyways, what would I draft without hesitation? Um, in the spirit of the question that I posed to us, um, I don't think that there is anyone on the Rams that fits that genuine stud position because Todd Gurley uh, had a lot of arthritis issues last year. And arthritis is something that doesn't go away as far as I know, and I'm not a doctor. As um, all players in their mid-20s do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know what the hell, you know. Uh, but you know what? It doesn't sound like the kind of thing that you just get better from in an off season, Right. Um, so, like I said, I also think that Cooper Cup has uh, the best potential. So, if he is available in round five, I would say do not hesitate to take him. 
Um, and then waiver pickups uh, during the season. I think, as I mentioned before, Jared, uh, Gerald Everett is not being drafted. He is the most likely player on this team to be a waiver wire pickup, along with, obviously, Josh Reynolds if one of the big three wide receivers gets hurt. So, barring injury, Gerald Everett's one of the only guys you're going to be looking at for a while. Um, and then you got rookies on the team. So, uh, they really only picked up one rookie. He was a third-round pick. His name is Daryl Henderson. Is that, who you, is that your guy, Dave? Correct. Daryl Henderson. So he's currently on a lot of people's radar as the successor to Todd Gurley, I would say. Uh, obviously, they need to fill in an old arthritic running back who's been at it for three whole years. Four whole years now, maybe? I don't know. Roughly. We were at Todd Gurley's first game, and I don't remember how long ago that was. <laughs> but anyways, um, the thing that worries me about Henderson in the draft is that his current ADP uh, is 86, and his ranking is 113. Uh, that's a big disparity. The ranking I refer to is the Fantasy Pros uh, Expert Consensus ranking. So we will have some Drink 5 rankings to compare this all to uh, by next week. Um, but for now, I really see that as a place where you're not getting good value, and therefore I stay away from it. it I think people are overvaluing Daryl Henderson at the moment. I, you know, Todd Gurley Gurley um, will be playing football, and he has produced in massive ways, and I think that... Uh, they're going to give him the ball as much as they can for right now. Yeah, I, me personally, the only uh, the only way that I'm going to be drafting Henderson is uh, if I've drafted Gurley before. Like if I've uh, yeah yeah as a handcuff as, for as Gurley, handcuff, and yeah, I still that's... think you need to wait for him in the 11th or 12th round because as we've said about handcuffs before, it, it doesn't matter. Like whoever your backup is is the most important handcuff, quote unquote, to your good players. So if if the value isn't there for Henderson, don't reach for him just because you picked Gurley. This isn't the place for this, but I, I, I don't believe in picking handcuffs in general in, in fantasy That's football. okay. We can digress for a moment. Because uh, picking a handcuff or a backup has no direct value. Uh, the value best served is value over replacement player. So if, if you are drafting someone to be the backup to your player, you're assuming that player is going to get injured, which immediately is, if true, a knock to both that player and the backup player, meaning that you're drafting both players at positions that they shouldn't be drafted at. <laughs> so the, the, the whole idea for me is, is not to draft the backup, but to draft someone who would be next available who's more likely to be playing and contributing all year than just waiting around for someone who may provide value if the person that you have is not providing it. And I, I'll tell you, I'm with you there to a point uh, because now apparently we're in the age where it's cool to just say, you know what, give me a lot more money or I'm not going to play this year. You yeah, know, that happens saw, at the beginning of the year. Well, a lot. We're going to do that in the middle of the well, year. I mean, we're going to talk about that a little bit later with Melvin Gordon exactly. and, and Le'Veon Bell for last year. Exactly. And there, there's more of that. Uh, it's happening, especially with running backs right now because they feel they're not paid enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm with you as far as like a, a potential injury goes. I was never big on uh, making sure I get the handcuff. Well, because that player is not valuable. It has no value at all. Exactly, exactly. But, I mean, if you're in a situation where there's – you could possibly be drafting the team starting running back in round eleven, around twelve, uh, round twelve, like a James Conner last year. Yeah. Then that's then you're hedging your bets. Yeah. And that's a little different. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, sure. There's there's certain spots for that. I'm sure we'll talk about draft strategies in one of these uh, upcoming podcasts. But um, I I I do want to say that uh, 
but I mostly agree with you. It's just really hard when you talk about a guy who had arthritis uh, and had problems and couldn't play and clearly couldn't play at the end of last year. Uh, thinking yeah, I mean, if think, he wasn't going to play through it, well, you know, when is he going? Thinking to? to myself that like he's going to be fine now, you know, like that's that's rough. Who knew we'd be talking about a guy with arthritis? I mean, <laughs> I mean Tom Brady Who probably has arthritis. We talk about a guy with freaking frostbite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we really don't need to go there. Yeah. It's, oh it's, man. Oh, A B. Oh, A B. Sums it up right now. There are surprises, regardless of what uh, of what Radiohead has to say at this moment. <laughs> I, I've lived my life thinking that uh, you can just you can't trust Radiohead. I mean, it's you think they're just sneaky, they're, they're a sneaky they're band. A little sketchy. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. They are a little sneaky. Oh, Tom York, what are you doing? So let's talk about the Chiefs, who were one of the best teams last year. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, MVP, uh, out of the park, right? Uh, they picked up uh, Mecole Hardman, who runs a 4.33 second 40-yard dash. Uh, in the preseason, in the offseason, a lot of people that I talked to, especially in Dynasty drafts, because we did a couple of those, um, all of us did a couple of Dynasty drafts in the offseason, uh, at least here at this table, and a lot of us thought at the time that, that Tyreek Hill might not make it to the NFL season in 2019. Or if he did, maybe he would be out for three games, six games, nine games, whatever. And so people were really high on Nicole because he was drafted as uh, someone who could maybe be a replacement for Tyreek. And clearly the Chiefs knew that, and that's one of the reasons why they drafted him. Fast, deep threat, uh, has, has issues, but maybe they could be figured out. And a guy like Patrick Mahomes with a big arm, that works great. Unfortunately for, for Hardman, it looks like every everything has been cleared up. The charges don't exist anymore, and Tyreek doesn't have a suspension. So Hardman is now just the backup to a guy that's better than him. <laughs> I think that they could find the way on the field uh, at the same time. I know that we're going to talk about the other wide receiver there, but I could see Mikol Hardman kind of uh, pushing him off the field or pushing him into the slot. I disagree. Uh, I, I think that he and Sean Foss, our rookie expert, has said, too, that he's not really ready for the NFL. He's not really a seasoned professional. He has a lot to go. He wasn't even as good as Tyreek, uh, you know, as far as he was concerned uh, in, in college, et cetera, being ready for the NFL. But we'll see. I mean, it's always a possibility. But a, a rookie that you're drafting to be a fast guy normally doesn't work out in the NFL. Right. Unless so, you're Devin Hester, and then it still doesn't work on offense. Or, and they were forcing him the ball in the same way that they might be forcing someone like him the ball if uh, if the Tyreek situation didn't work. Anyway, uh, Darwin Thompson, another guy, 19th round ADP, running back 60, drafted in round 6 of this year's NFL draft. So look at the Chiefs. They draft a wide receiver and a running back, both of which have good talents, uh, when they already have a wide receiver and a running back. So we'll see what that means. They also signed free agent and former Jaguar Carlos Hyde. 12th round ADP right now. Interesting. Running back 44. That means that he will be drafted in almost every league. Uh, and he's currently slotted in as the number two in what you'd consider a preseason depth chart. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, and put him right behind Damian Williams. At least that's what Andy Reid has said. It, well, exactly, and 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 we'll get to that too. But uh, right now, it, it doesn't look like anyone really has the 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 bite on that particular job. It's got to be a committee. I mean, I know that they haven't said it, but it's it, everything screams committee about this backfield. So I like Sammy Watkins uh, as as a breakout guy, but he can't be because in uh, 2015 he already broke out for over a thousand yards and he nine touchdowns. He had a touchdowns. great rookie season. He really did. I don't think it was his rookie season. I think I it was his it, it second was. year. But uh, regardless, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Uh, oh, it matters, Dave. I'm looking it up. <laughs> okay. Well, as, as <laughs> no, I, Jason, think, I think it was. I think it was second year. As Jason looks it up, uh, fourth year. He had a good rookie season. His thousand yard season was the next year. <laughs> fourth year wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, whose ADP is 264. He's the 91st wide receiver off the board. So, Tad, you're probably drafting him like second, third round, right? I mean, if he's still there. Yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah. I, I think he's a good breakout candidate here after the departure of Chris Conley and then in 2018, uh, Albert Wilson. So uh, there's not really a third wide receiver on this team, not a guy who is uh, who is firmly in that position, who is is being a, a slot guy, a possession guy, etc. Um, so I, I think he'll slot right in as the third option in the passing game behind Hill and Kelsey uh, if Watkins can't stay healthy again. That means variably uh, that Demarcus Robinson could be a very good breakout receiver, and he's been working with Mahomes on deep ball plays, uh, on on you know play breaking stuff. So uh, it, it it could come out well for him. But the sleepers, like all the sleepers I'll talk about tonight, are are not guys that are guaranteed. They're guys that are like twenty percent guys. That's the whole point of drafting them at the end of your draft. You you take a couple of those guys, you pick one or two of them, you draft them in like round sixteen, and maybe they work out for you, or maybe you drop them and you pick up one of the waiver wire pickups. Yeah, if we're you talking hit on about. like one of your four sleepers, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. You know you you've had success. Yep. So who's a sleeper you can draft? Uh, we were talking about the running back situation. Jason mentioned that uh, there's kind of a, a war waging there, and at the beginning of the season they were saying Damian Williams. Damian Williams was, of course, a guy who used to be on the Dolphins, picked up by the Chiefs after all their running back problems last year. He was a guy who ended up doing so well, scoring multiple touchdowns a game sometimes, uh, really killing it for the Chiefs. But he only played for uh, a limited amount of time. Um, I know that Andy Reid has said things about how he wasn't sure if Williams could handle all of that work over the period of the season. And then to start off this season, he has a hamstring injury that like immediately you know, takes him off to the side. So we've heard things from him now saying that uh, he's he's not sure that he wants to name one guy. He wants a running back by committee approach, etc. He's got Carlos Hyde. He's got Damian Williams, and they drafted Darwin Thompson. I, I would not be surprised if a guy like Darwin Thompson ends up being the running back two on that team or even the running back one, especially based on the uh, the history of of not only domestic violence, but also injuries at running back in Kansas City. Sure. But, you know, I really do like Damian Williams because when he was in, he produced against really good teams. His, like, excellent, his really good three-game stretch was against Baltimore, the Chargers, and Seattle. I'm not discounting anything Damian Williams did. In fact, I had him on some teams that actually won uh, a championship for me. Sure. But yeah. he's also never been the guy from the beginning of the year. He's always been just another guy or a fill-in guy. Yeah. So he's never done that yet. And like I said earlier, I you know everything about that roster screams running back by committee. And I could see him getting no more than 50% of the carries. 
so so we'll see what happens but but the point of a sleeper for me uh is is a guy that you're 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 getting or can get at the end of a draft or maybe even a guy who's not being drafted darwin thompson is a perfect candidate there in the 19th round there's a lot of leagues that don't even have 19 rounds yeah but if you draft him right away, if you draft him as your last round pick, no one can pick him up that second week when he becomes the guy. You right. know, so that's the whole point for me of of drafting one of those guys, uh, whether it be late in the draft or a guy that you think will outperform his ADP, uh, as Jason and I talked about earlier today, or a guy who's not being drafted. It's better to have him on your team if you have strong feelings about the guy. Yeah, I mean, the last few rounds are for, of a draft are for taking flyers. I mean, just take a chance. Exactly. You know, what, uh, you know, what else are you going to use exactly. those spots for? And then when he a wins, when he wins the championship for you, <laughs> or two, and when he when he wins the championship for you, you can send him a Valentine's Day card. You know, well, obviously, but <laughs> um, uh, who can you draft without hesitation? So. Damian Williams, Who can AD- you draft without hesitation on this team. There are options. ADP of twenty-five, running back fourteen. So for me, he's he's a little out of the of the stud discussion. But you got three guys in Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey that are all arguably top five at their position. Mahomes and Kelsey both have ADPs right now of number one in their positions. Is that good? Uh, number one, according to Does fantasy it break pros. Anything? It's got to be at least top three. So they're clearly the answer here. However, there is one answer for me because in a standard draft uh, starting one quarterback uh, or even PPR or whatever, most leagues have one quarterback, then then you're not going to have the best va- uh, value over replacement player unless you're drafting a player who is so much better than like the next 10 guys, yeah. which in this case, in only uh, this player satisfies that value, it's Travis Kelsey. So Travis Kelsey is the most valuable player on that team in fantasy football in regular leagues, in my opinion. I concur. Yeah, I mean, everybody's, I mean, the... I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) And I just wanted to sidebar about a comment you just made about uh, one quarterback leagues. What I've noticed is that I think that that's going to be the next trend in leagues, uh, and it's going to be much more widely uh, played sort of format where you're going to have two quarterbacks because even like ESPN and Yahoo have now switched to some version of PPR as their standard game now. I think adding more points is the way that fantasy is going. Well, not two quarterback, but 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 uh PPR superflex. And superflex. Yeah, that's the most common way I'd say. I would agree. Um but yeah, I think that'll be the next like big trend where like, you know, in a couple of years half of all leagues may have that. I would agree. Well, I mean, uh, getting back to uh, uh to Kelsey here. Um everybody's talking about the uh, uh, you want to try and get one of the top three tight ends, you know, uh, uh, Kelsey Kittle and Ertz. Right. To me personally, it's if you're going to try to get a tight end, it's going to be trying to get the one tight end, and that one tight end is Travis, Travis Kelsey. Um, I think he's the most consistent uh, in the other league, and after that, um, I can wait on tight ends. Like, but Travis Kelsey is that that bar. Yeah, if Travis Kelsey falls to the second <laughs> round of your draft, I think that you, you need to take him. Kelsey's the only tight end for Tad. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, look, he's awesome. So I, I agree. Uh, let me try to speed through these so we can move on. Um, not much to work with as far as uh, as waiver wire pickups, uh, besides people I already talked with. But I'm going to go with Darwin Thompson again. We talked about it being maybe a running back by committee. 
Uh, we don't really know what's going to happen. So if he is not drafted in your league, you have to kind of hawk that, look at the situation. Is he getting more carries? Is he moving up in the roster? Is someone getting injured? Uh, I think that Damian Williams or, or Carlos Hyde are going to have some kind of injury or some kind of depth chart issue. You know something that we don't. At some point in the season, look, two running backs on a team uh, that's physical – they're likely to get injured, of one course, of them. Of course, of and, course. And it's happened so many times in Kansas City that it might as well be a trend. So look at that third guy, especially a guy who has performed really well so far. Granted, it's only one preseason game. But I, I like Williams, and I'm not saying you draft him. I'm saying look at him as a sleeper, look at him as a waiver wire pickup. That's all. So look at that. And then rookies to know, Darwin and, and Mecole. I, I don't really think that there's anybody else to cover. I don't think they drafted anybody else or had any UDFAs that I'm interested in talking about. Uh, Jason mentioned earlier that Mecole Hardman might be used on the field. Sure, he might be, but he's not one of the three starters, at least not, in my opinion, to start the game uh, in week one. So not a guy to draft. Sure, I see Demarcus Robinson firmly ahead of him at the moment. But he, anything could happen, right? <laughs> they're going to they're keep him around, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, he's a super fast guy, and they know Tyreek Hill some, sometimes does things that are uncouth. Basically, there's those four guys. <laughs> Every other um, like wide receiver on their team was like um, an undrafted free agent yeah. of some kind. All right, boom. 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 So I'm trying to figure out this theme for the evening. The and theme? Again, I'm sure. I, I have full faith that you're going to get it by the end of the night. If anybody knows, just uh, uh, contact us at Drink5. Uh, not in the chat room, but but email uh, Dave or Don't Jason say it at drink Don't give it away. We'll send you the swag pack. Swag. You can't just give away the giveaway. <laughs> All right, so we're moving on up to Seattle right now. Um, so what has changed with Seattle? Pacific First Northwest. Of all, Pac Northwest represent. <laughs> uh, go Starbucks and Spike's Place Market. Space Needle. What? Space Needle. Space Needle what? <laughs> oh, boy. This is a good way to keep my spot. <laughs> so Mike Davis uh, left as a free agent. Ooh. They let him walk, which is fine because they had too many running backs anyways. Uh, they had Chris Carson. They had Rashad Penny. Um, it looks like Chris Carson is going to be the one to uh, kind of, you know, rule the nest at the beginning anyways. Rashad uh, Penny. Rashad Penny is going to have an increased role. I expect it to be <laughs> running back by committee, but kind of like uh, we were talking with um, uh, the Broncos, I see like a two-to-one sort of split with them. Um Anyways, uh, the other big addition is that, well, subtraction, I suppose. They don't have Doug Baldwin anymore, though I, many would argue they didn't really have Doug Baldwin last year either. Um, and they did draft DK Metcalf, uh, who was one of the most hyped wide receivers going into the days before the draft, and then his stock just fell like a rock. Um, I mean, rookies, man, you know. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Who knows? That's why we need our very own expert on rookies, and we'll have him in here again in the studio soon, I promise. 
Um, so who is the breakout receiver on this team? I love David Moore. Um, so they did draft a new wide receiver, but Moore averaged more than 17 yards per catch last season. He's now in his third year in the offense. Uh, he's going to have a more active role with Doug Baldwin out of the picture. He has a chance to really kind of shine, I think, before DK Metcalf can establish himself in the offense. Sure, sure. So uh, right now, David Moore, his ADP is 286. His rank is 191. So uh, I- I'm saying that tells you that he's more valuable than his ADP. However, it's still essentially undraftable. So take him at the end of your draft as a flyer if you want, um, or wait a week or two uh, if you want to pick him on the waiver wire. Though, as Dave will tell you, you can't wait too long to grab those guys off the waiver yeah, wire. Yeah, just like we uh, said uh, not too long ago. You know, he's, it's worth a uh, you know, 15th, 16th uh, round pick uh, in your draft. So, Ted, I want to know, have you ever had, like, an amazing early season uh, waiver pickup that's really kind of made the year for you? Oh, my goodness. Anyone who you can remember? Uh, I wouldn't ask this if I didn't have one that I was eager to share, so I'll share first while you think. You go right ahead. You go, I, this is going to take some time. Several years ahead. ago, to win the first championship in one of my most favorite leagues, I just kind of break my championship cherry, if you will, um, I picked up Odell Beckham Jr. in, like, week three of his rookie year. And it wound up being, like, the best pickup I That'll had. Work. That'll work. You know, that was amazing. Um, but it, it's really important to either hold on to these guys at the end of the draft uh, or to pick them up early a week or so before you think that they could break. Yeah, just just, just stash them. I mean, you know, you don't uh, – I'm assuming that most leagues don't have just one or two bench spots. You know, you got enough enough spots where, I mean, you, you're not, you don't want to fill up your entire bench with uh, with – uh, potential and possibilities, yeah. But uh, at least you know one or two of those uh, uh, bench spots should be for for that potential for for, for, for a those potential sleepers. breakout. Yeah. yeah, and you know what's interesting is you could you know if you have a decent quarterback, don't carry a backup. If you draft one of those top three tight ends, don't carry a backup. Use that as a space, especially early in the year, for um, you know these backup or these players that could break out. Uh, so that's David Moore. Um, or three defense. Four three defense? Or three defenses. Oh, I well, mean, obviously, yeah. That's... I mean, you know, maybe four. <laughs> Championship. <laughs> For clarification, uh, our, our friend Tad here is, uh, is talking about three defenses on your dynasty team. Things you should not do by Tad Bukowski. I like my defenses. <laughs> Yes. So which sleeper defense are you, you picking this year, Tad? <laughs> Denver. Denver's sleeper defense. Oh, man. Nobody's sleeping on Denver. <laughs> you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a sleeper defense based on the, some, some rankings that I've seen, which surprised me. The Jets. The Jets, okay. I, I, I don't understand. Uh, to me, I think they should be higher than what they're uh, what they're being ranked at. I mean, they've get, they've got a solid uh, a solid front seven, a solid uh, secondary, um, especially in a, uh, in a dynasty league. Hmm. Which okay. I have. Well, nice. well, well, well. Uh, so, anyways, sleepers for the Seattle Seahawks. There's not really anybody who I would recommend. I got to be honest. Uh, aside from David Moore, who I just mentioned, uh, but you know Tyler Lockett, Chris Car- Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson. I turn everyone into a pirate sometimes. Uh, we'll get to the <laughs> Russell Raiders. Wilson and works for me. Rashad Penny uh, are all being drafted near their rankings. Uh, and everybody else is, who would be worthy of a flyer later on is, in my opinion, uh, just on the going to be on the waiver wire. Um, We're so not worthy. If We're you're a fan worthy. of David Moore, go for it. Uh, pick him up at the end of the draft. Uh, I would recommend that. Um, so which stud can you draft without hesitation? 
Um, there aren't a sure, there isn't a surefire stud on this team, but Russell Wilson comes closest. He's being drafted towards the end of the ninth round. Um, you know, I'm worried about the, his ceiling. I feel like he reaches near his ceiling every year. I have, I have some interesting things to offer here as a Russell Wilson drafter for like the last five years. So he's only hit 4,000 yards in the last two years. He's like, I don't want to hear it. He's never <laughs> had care. more than 35 passing touchdowns. Last year, he ran the ball 67 times, a career low, had no touchdowns on the ground. Dave, tell me why he's going to do better this year. No, no, I'm not saying he will. He's a great quarterback over the season. But here's the thing: is the is the is the super the super tip about Russell Wilson? He's only good the last eight games of the season. He every, never misses a game every either. single year. The last eight games of the season, he's been amazing. Okay, but he's never good in the beginning. I feel like Seattle is always just like, let's run, let's never throw it. And then at the end of the season, Russell's like, well, I got to win some games, man. So let him let someone else scratch their head with Russell Wilson. Let him drop, trade for him, or or trade for low at like at his low, and then and then run with it. That's what I'm saying. That's good advice. I like that. Um, so waiver pickup during the season, uh, you could look <laughs> at um, David Moore. Um, I would keep out keep an eye out for him, but obviously. Uh, if DK Metcalf has a hot start, David Moore is probably not going to be doing a whole lot. And so, David Moore, or um, what, what's David Moore's ADP? David Moore's ADP is two hundred and eighty-six. Okay, so he's off. He's his off. His rank is one ninety-one, so I do believe his value is higher than that. But yes, he is not being drafted. At okay. All. Um, so the other guy you can look at who is definitely not being drafted is Nick Van Net, the tight end. Um, he is the tight end out of that group who I think is most likely to. Uh, break out of the muck there and, you know, be somewhat relevant, maybe. Do, do they still have Luke Wilson with two L's who scores a touchdown when you want someone else in the team, too? They do not have Luke Wilson with two L's. <laughs> uh, two L's in the last name, not two L's in the first name. Uh, Luke Wilson with two L's is now... I, think I was about to say, I think he's a Raider. Oh, the yeah, Raiders! There you go. Oh, well... Uh, we'll talk about him in a we'll, second. You'll get to the Raiders in just a moment for sure. Probably um, won't be too much talk about Luke Wilson, but that's cool. That's, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so Luke, the rookies to know, no I've mentioned him several times, we'll dive into him a little deeper, is DK Metcalf. Um, as I said, he was hyped as like the most amazing, fastest wide receiver going into the draft. Um, and then it, he wound up going in the middle of the second day, the end of the second day. Not fastest, or but, second round. but biggest, like most built, like hugest. The yeah. the on paper, the, the measurables sure, were, yeah. was like the the best. I yeah. think it was towards the end of the third round, so the end of the there, second Well, it's day. second round. Was it second round? But I think it's the end of the second round. Oh, okay. Because the Seattle Seahawks made the playoffs, right? So they at least, you know. They at least had a well. We, well, the point is, we don't know what's going to happen with him, and he still hasn't really done anything yet, right? So we don't know. Right. There's only been one preseason game. That's not yeah. much to go on. Right. Um. So right now, he is listed as a starting wide receiver on their depth chart. His ADP is 112, and his rank in the consensus rankings is 151. So again, like uh, Henderson on the Rams, I see him as a guy who people are reaching for, and I don't like that. So I would recommend to. Uh, let him go. If he is available at the end of your draft and you're looking for a flyer, go for it. But chances are in the 11th or 12th round, there's still somebody who you're going to want more than DK Metcalf. He said, let let Metcalf go. The LMG is his draft strategy. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I do expect him to be fantasy relevant. He is replacing Doug Baldwin. So, um, you know, that that that's the Seattle Seahawks, guys. There they are. Fish market. <laughs> oh, we're not doing that. Space it up. <laughs> <laughs>
Dave's Ideal podcast would be like all Collective Soul and Radiohead. And no talking, just... <laughs> You get the, are you getting a clue of the theme here yet? I've got a really big clue right now. I've got such a clue. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I can't. The Hardly Boys are on the case. The Hardly Boys. Oh, it's got, I got that. Oh, happy anniversary to South Park, by the right. way. Uh, so, so, so we do have here, uh, again, a Tad, who's one of our best contributors to the website. And oh, he, he does a, a weekly column talking about confidence picks. Etc. We talked about doing some more stuff this year. Maybe we'll we'll Despite see some new th- stuff. All from of Ted. this, Ted is still a Raiders fan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's not very confident in them <laughs> according to his picks, but but he loves the team. Although although last year, I think I felt like short for fanatic. Confidence was rising. Was rising up. The uh, buying into the Gruden system. It's a uh, it was a ten year contract, so we got plenty of time to uh, <laughs> to, to gain that confidence in the uh, the system there. So talking about the Raiders and, uh, and Jason and I can can trade off. We can just ask you some questions. So we're gonna go over the same stuff that we talked about, but specifically from you, if you could give us kind of a a, a wrap up of of what you think being uh being a fan for a long time. How long have you been a fan of the Raiders? Um. And not even fan, but but almost like an analyst, you know. <laughs> I I will. Um, I think we're we're over we're over twenty years now. Twenty um, years, that's pretty good. There is a story uh, involved with it, but uh, uh, short summary: it involved. Uh, I'm a big Michigan football fan too, so it involved Charles Woodson getting drafted to the Raiders. So that was that was '98. So we're on right. year 21 now. Okay. And 20 years, you probably got at least like uh, four or five weeks paid time off now. So not bad. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, and then there was that one year where they won games. It was. <laughs> That was fun. Yeah. So for the Raiders. They won the last game, too. What, <laughs> there you go. Why don't you tell us uh, what's changed from last year, who they added and subtracted from the team? My goodness. What has changed with uh, with this offense is basically everything. Um, Derek Carr has options. He didn't really have uh, last year. Um, last year it was all about uh, Jared Cook was – was fantasy relevant, and other than that, not not uh, not so much. No, no. Beast mode was a fail, uh, failed experiment, and I I think there were receivers on the team too. I don't know. So who are the new guys? Who they add? So the new guys. I mean, obvi- the the big one, obviously Antonio Brown, huge pickup. Um, we'll we'll get more into him. Uh, he's ice cold this on. year. He's, he'll he'll, he'll, he'll uh, I I just I damn sweet. But that was just the uh, oh god, I was the tip of the iceberg. I mean, did yeah, you feel like yeah. you were watching a Quentin Tarantino movie with all of the close-ups of his feet? Yeah, I mean, it's a little uh, unnecessary. It's a unnecessary, bit too much feet. A little bit, a little bit, a little. Got a foot thing. <laughs> um, but uh, that was just the uh, the tip of the, of the iceberg as far as um, uh, receivers go. Even not not necessarily the entire offense. I mean, you bring in uh, Tyrell Williams from San or, Wow San Diego, San Diego, the, the Chargers, Diego. the Chargers. Um, J.J. Nelson, right. Brian Grant from the Colts, um, drafted Hunter Hunter Refro, um, drafted Josh Jacobs for a new uh, for a new running back, uh, new tight ends. Uh, Jared Cook went to the Saints. The entire offense is got a complete overhaul, and it's really more. And I'll probably say this more than once. Um, it's it, it's it, it's a Gruden team now. Say it again. It's a Gruden team now. It's whose team now? It is a Gruden team now. There you go. All right. <laughs> oh, before I forget, it is a Gruden team now. <laughs> He's gonna, they're gonna shove their foot up someone's ass. <laughs> well played. Uh, so, uh, who on this team do you see as like a breakout wide receiver uh, or someone else who maybe hasn't really performed yet who can break out? 
Um, you know, I was going to say uh, uh, Tower of Williams with that, uh, but uh, upon further review, he has had his uh, his thousand yard year, so uh, breakout isn't exactly in his. Uh, uh, That's easy to do when you have Philip Rivers as a quarterback. It is. It is. <laughs> that'll that'll happen. Um, if I mean, if anybody, it's going to be a stretch, uh, just because. I, I just named off so many names. It, it is He's a, got nine kids. <laughs> Philip right. Rivers does. So, <laughs> <laughs> way to keep up with the the questionnaire. Um, I'm lagging behind today, just in general. Well played, well played. Spot a cow. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, no, there's just so many options now. Um, it's, it really takes away from the possibility of anybody being able to uh, well, maybe maybe not a receiver then. Like, is there another position there might well, be a breakout? Even so, I pass mean, catcher. All I mean, like I said, the entire offense has got a uh, gotten an overhaul. I mean, if anybody, I would give the nod to uh, to a JJ Nelson. Uh, he seems to be uh, uh, the, uh, the the non AB Tyrell favorite uh, in the uh, the early part of training camp. Uh, he's a he's a speedster, and obviously that's a that's a Raider thing. Every you know, the Al Davis always loved the speedy guys. Um, so I mean, if anybody, I would probably have to go with a uh, with JJ Nelson. Okay. Yeah, he kind of fits that mold. We're not going to talk about Luke Wilson at this point. <laughs> I mean, you guys... is he a country singer? What? What? There, there's another uh, tight end on the team named Derek Carrier. So it's Car Ear. Well, he's been a so tight end Derek for a while. Carr to yeah. Derek Car Ear. Thank you. So I'll be here all week. Has there been a car to to Carrier? A car to Carrier. Okay. I mean, see, I, I miss. Uh, I was uh, the the most upsetting part about Amari Brown Cooper getting traded is the uh, the Amari Cooper Derek Carr. It was ACDC. I mean, that was the. Uh, oh, that you're was so the sad about right Amari there. Cooper. That I mean, right that's there. that's rough, man. That, that's very thunderstruck. Yeah. He's a cowboy now. But now you have Antonio Brown. That's so much better, right? I I, I you know what? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, I, I'm, hmm. What sleeper uh, is out there that you can draft on the Raiders that maybe is being taken really late in the draft or not even being taken? Yeah, I mean we've uh, we've talked about it a couple times before as far as uh, the later rounds, you know, being good for a uh, just taking a flyer, taking a you know, you know shot in the dark here. So who is that on the on the Oakland's? For that I gotta go with Hunter Renfro, the uh, the rookie out of uh, out of Clemson. Uh, they got him in the fifth round, and all reports out of camp in. Basically everything since the draft is that these uh, the Raiders love this guy. Excuse me. And um, I really do see once all is said and done, and this is why I was so hesitant to say A.J.J. Uh, J. Nelson is, is, is a breakout, I do see possibly a Hunter Renfro filling in the, that uh, that third receiver role between, uh, or I'm sorry, behind uh, A.B. and Tyrell Williams. Uh, kind of, kind of being the new uh, Seth Roberts of the team, um, and Roberts was more than serviceable uh, for the last few years uh, for the Raiders. Um, just uh, somebody that I can see uh, uh, Derek uh, Derek Carr getting a uh, nice connection with, and from what we saw on Hard Knocks uh, last night, um, you don't get any points uh, taken away from your karaoke skills. That's, I mean, my lucky for him. That was lucky brutal. for him. I mean, lean on me. I, I was looking to lean on like a toilet seat or something. That oh, was, he, was, he, was, was he was not a good that's, singer. That's shots fired. Not a good singer. So that, they do make the follow look, up with T Pain was way better, and that wasn't good either. <laughs> there you go. They they do on the field, you know, on Hard Knocks, make him look good on the field at least. But Renfro's ADP is currently three seventy seven as the WR one thirty. So he sleeper, is available. Though. It's yeah. it is it is a sleeper, and maybe maybe more so. He's um, like a, a Rip Van Winkle league. of sleepers. He's like in a coma. It's a coma. <laughs> hey, a coma hey, pick. Come week fourteen, week fifteen, people uh, are going to think you're in a coma if you pick him. No, I'm kidding. 
So what's the next question? The next <laughs> question I want to know, is there a stud on this team that you're drafting without hesitation? So Provided and, it's the right kind of value. Antonio Brown has an overall ADP of 22. Uh, and Josh Jacobs, uh, the new rookie running back, has an ADP of 37. Uh, based on what we've been talking about so far with teams, and we're looking at those guys that are picked earlier, uh, is Antonio Brown that guy who is a stud you can trust 100%? To me, yes, he is, and maybe it's a uh, that's a Homer uh, opinion right there, uh, but I do think that um, uh, Brown is still going to be. It's going to be Antonio Brown. I mean, it's not like um, he's not going to go cold, cold in the middle of the season. <laughs> he's going to go ice cold, Dave. We, we, we got our goal jokes. That's cool. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. He's he's one of the best receivers in the game. He still is. Uh, he he's just an outstanding athlete. Uh, the, the question of, of whether or not he goes too crazy to play the game is a question. But right now, he hasn't hit that point yet. I mean, you know, he had this whole helmet thing last week, which I personally think just got overblown. Um, I mean, he was a head case in Pittsburgh, and he did all right. He, he put up some decent numbers uh, in Pittsburgh. I think he was okay in Pittsburgh. No, no they just – I mean, he was a terrible receiver. <laughs> <laughs> he's no Juju. <laughs> no, absolutely. He's the, he's the he best receiver. He's the number one and, receiver for He's like the best receiver the Steelers ever had and arguably uh, one of the best receivers in the game and, and a Hall of Fame prospect. While and, writing stats articles, I've spent probably more than one day telling Dave why he's going to be – he couldn't have been as good as Jerry Rice. Yeah. And I, and I do also want to say a lot of people are, are talking about him not having the time in training camp, not having the time to uh, um, you know take in the offense and whatnot. He's put in his own personal time with Derek Carr. Uh, I mean, the one thing that I saw that I just absolutely loved what after he landed in Oakland after the trade went through and he signed. You mean his, his balloon landed? Uh, we're going. We're going pre balloon. So when he pulled pre-balloon. up in his Rolls Royce, exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, his his first stop in Oakland was Derek Carr's house. I mean, they have a relationship uh, going back into uh, a few Pro Bowls that they play together. Um, they've had their off season personal workouts i think that's nice but i don't know that without being with the team you know that it's really gonna oh, I'm, I'm not saying that it's you know a replacement by any means but it's antonio brown's it's a good better receiver. than nothing yeah it's better he's than nothing. still gonna be a good receiver as long as he plays football probably you know that Derek that, that stuff doesn't go away yeah Derek Carr's gonna throw the ball antonio's gonna catch the ball and uh, is is there a waiver pickup during the season that maybe you could see happening? That's not uh, not necessarily a sleeper pick, but but somebody who might rise up or someone that you get halfway through the season. I would say that uh, one you're probably not going to see on too many uh, uh, high on too many draft boards is uh, uh, the tight end Darren Waller. Um, like I said before, last year the fantasy relevance uh, was centered completely around Jared Cook. Um, I'm not saying that Der- that Waller is as good as uh, as Cook was, but obviously uh, Derek Carr has a um, has a fondness for that uh, for that uh, tight end position and the, the ability just uh, you know dump it off like that. The, the, those those targets got to go somewhere, and Waller's going to be there for him. Just somebody to uh, to keep an eye on as the uh, the first few weeks of the season uh, progresses. And JJ Nelson is not even on the ADP list, so he's beyond 384. So he's even more coma-esque than, uh, than, than Hunter than, Renfro. Than Renfro there, yeah. I agree. Uh, speaking of the rookies, who uh, are the rookies to know on this team? Who, are they going to be relevant this year? I know that you brought up Renfro. Uh, well, there was a big first-round name too, right? There was. One of the uh, the three first-round picks uh, was used on uh, on offense uh, with the uh, the new running back, uh, Josh Jacobs. Um, he's going, I believe uh, you said uh, ADP was mid-30s? Uh, yeah, 37. 37. 
Um, that sounds about right. It's um, he's the twentieth running back off the board. Also, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to be. Um, he's not. Gonna, he's not going to take over for Saquon or Zeke or anybody like that uh, this year. But he's going to be more than serviceable uh, with uh, with his offense. Gruden loves him. Um, I know Gruden loves everybody, as we know from. Gruden watching did not Monday like night. the dude from that Netflix show. Oh, he Abram. Oh, yeah. No, that's... no, not Abram. The guy who they cut last week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay, get him the hell out of here. <laughs> so, so, so the Monday Night Love has not necessarily <coughs> carried over to the uh, to the coaching role. Well, he is um, playing for the camera almost as often as he can. This is true. He's, he's, he's an actor. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, Josh Jacobs is going to be that uh, that workhorse uh, in the, uh, the backfield. Um, I can see him getting, um, you know, 13, 15 uh, to maybe even 20, 20 uh, touches a game. Um, they're, um, they're going to use them. All right. Um, so yeah, I look forward to, um, you know, seeing some more Raiders on hard knocks at the very least. It's, I mean, as soon as they said the Raiders were going to be the ones not on hard knocks, it was going to be entertaining. This is for the Raiders. Space needle! We moved on. No, we're going to the Golden Gate Bridge now, Dave. Take a strip. Oh, not yet. Walking sleep in my youth. I pray to keep heaven sent when no one sings like you anymore. Black holes. So across the bay from the black hole. We see the San Francisco 49ers. Um, since last year, they've had a lot of changes. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is back. He only played for three games last year, tore his ACL on September 23rd, so almost 11 months ago. So that's a lot of recovery time. Hopefully he can be fully up to speed um, by the time the season starts. I know he didn't play in the first preseason game, but to be fair, a lot of uh, starting quarterbacks had nothing to do with their team's first preseason game. Um, so, uh, based on the quarterback play they had last year from Nick Mullins, from CJ Beathard, uh, Garoppolo could easily, uh, find himself as a top 10, uh, in a top 10 offense, maybe not necessarily a top 10 quarterback because you do tend to have to have pretty big numbers for that. Um, the 49ers also picked up Tevin Coleman. He is slated to be the starting running back. Um, so they had a lot of good flashes last year. There were a lot of good pieces to this offense. Uh, the quarterback position was impressive. Uh, Matt Breda as a running back was kind of a revelation because he led the league in yards per carry for most of the year, I believe. I don't know that he finished it with the lead, but uh, for most of the season he was leading the league in yards per carry. And it's not like they weren't using him. Um, well, Jerk McKinnon's never going to play football, so. That's fine with me. I never was very high on McKinnon anyways. <laughs> uh, I, I honestly am not that high on uh, Tevin Coleman. Um, but it looks like they're going to use him, and I do have a lot of faith in Kyle Shanahan to have an awesome offense because that's what Kyle Shanahan does. He was born to have a good offense, right? It's it's in Literally, the name, it's in the blood. <laughs> um. So, anyways, uh, breakout guys on this team. I really like Dante Pettis. He's a second year guy um, who has you know the best position to break out. Um, his hype is starting to spread over you know places like Reddit, and I. Uh, see him hyped on Roto World a bunch. I, I really think that Dante Pettis is a guy uh, 
who is going to be, uh, his name is going to be in everybody's draft because his ADP is 80 right now. His consensus ranking is 77. He's a mid-rounder. He has a very high ceiling because this could be a really good offense. Think of Matt Ryan's MVP season. That's what Kyle Shanahan can do uh, on, you know, with, with the right kind of talent. I'm not saying that Dante Pettis is Julio Jones, but, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of room behind Julio Jones for a good wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, those five interceptions from Garoppolo in practice, were they looked pretty good. Oh, dude, practice. Consistency. Practice <laughs> interceptions are important because those are things you learn not to do in the game. Space Needle. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> threw so many practice interceptions Space last Needle. year. I'd take those. Um, so I can see Pettis definitely keeping Marquise Goodwin down. Um, and, you know, it's going to be probably uh, Pettis, maybe some Goodwin, a lot of George Kittle. And then they've got a couple of uh, wide receivers that they did draft. Um, so we'll get to them in just a moment. But the sleepers that you look at for them, I guess, you know, are the wide receivers. you got Debo Samuel. His ADP is 191, rank 182. So he is definitely a candidate for a uh, end-of-the-round flyer or end of the draft flyer, I should say. Um, and Jalen Hurd, his ADP is much lower, so I think that he will be available on a waiver wire. You don't necessarily need to waste a pickup on him. But like any waiver pickup, you may want to try and get them a week before you think they're going to break out because uh, the competition is going to be a lot stiffer once they do. Um, I'm, I'm a little worried about receivers in general in the 49ers, being that like one of their biggest receivers is... George Kittle, who's a tight end. And just like on Kansas City, it kind of doesn't it kind of plummet the value of the receivers when one of the best people in the league are on your team at a position that's not wide receiver? I don't think that that affects the value of Tyreek Hill on Kansas City. No, you get one guy. You get one guy, and it's Dante <laughs> Pettis. For I, me. I think it's if um... I'm not saying that anything you said was incorrect, man. I'm just saying that like when when we talk about other receivers, like maybe I'm 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 helping your point. That, uh, that a lot of those guys are tough to value because they're not really the two receiver or the three receiver. They're more like the three or four. Um, I, 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 yes, definitely any of those rookies, their sort of ceiling this year is going to be the, f- the three receiver. Uh, now, the one thing about Kittle is that his big games all came with the backup quarterbacks. Um, he did not have like any huge games yet. He had respectable, good games uh, with Garoppolo. And I assume that he'll be able to be incorporated in the offense, you know, right back to where he was last year. But, you know, th- there's a little if there, you know, if he gets along with Garoppolo, which, you know, all of his success was with the other guys last year. Um, so I- I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I, I shouldn't walk over Kittle that much because I do think that of the players on the team, he is uh, the player that you can draft with the most confidence of everyone on San oh, Francisco. By far. By far. So his ADP is 29. His rank is 23. What I've noticed, especially with him and Kelsey, is that these guys are actually being drafted a little bit later than maybe their rank would say they should be. Uh, so not that there's a lot of value with them, but don't be afraid uh, to pick them up when they're available at the right time kittle's a big play guy which is interesting because like he's a tight end but he's also able to run for 40 yards after the catch and (laughs) it's not like all tight ends can do that so i I don't think there'll be an issue with uh with quarterback substitution as as you bring up uh but of course uh when you have these quarterbacks that are are 
are not the ones that we're going to play, maybe they're dumping it off more often, right? Yeah. But I don't think the 49ers suddenly have like a, an embarrassment of riches at wide receiver or anything. No, no, definitely not at wide receiver, but they are going to throw the ball more this year. Last year, they were 20th in the league in passing attempts. That's good so news for everybody. I could see them throwing the ball more. Yeah. You know, 532 attempts for only 3,800 yards last year. Um, Garoppolo is definitely a candidate to throw for 4,000 yards. Yeah, he's just throwing to the wrong team is the problem. <laughs> Five straight times. No, in, in if, practice. If they're in practice, in practice, it's to the right team, Dave. <laughs> it's the same team. It's the same team. It's all it's the a different same squad. Team. It's a different. Yeah, it's the same team. You're right. <laughs> so yeah, you've got George Kittle ranked right there next to Antonio Brown. I know you like Brown, but I think I would probably rather take Kittle, um, if only because of positional scarcity at tight end. I can get that. I mean, you you want to get like I said before, you know, you want to get one of the top uh, top tight ends and uh, Brown's... value over replacement is better if you take uh, a Kittle or an Ertz or a Kelsey than if you take. Uh, one of the top three or four receivers. Antonio Brown leads the league in annoyances over replacement. <laughs> and peeled skin. Oh, I wasn't going to go there. I didn't want to continue most... to, oh, there. to gross there. myself out. Oh, no. So the waiver pickups on this team. Uh, so I, I would say, as we've been saying, you know, that since, you know, since Garoppolo's been out, since there's no real studs there, since George Kittle is the guy – the wide receiver core is up in the air for the uh, 49ers. So Marquise Goodman, who has an ADP of 219, uh, as well as Samuel uh, Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd, who we mentioned. Isn't that crazy? Are guys who are probably going to be available on the waiver wire. I'm going to stop you for a second. Like Goodwin is super fast, and he had such good chemistry He's with Garoppolo. He's an Olympic sprinter. Why would, they, why would he suddenly not be drafted? It doesn't make any sense to me. They like, don't seem to be using him as much. Maybe it's just a well-kept secret in San Francisco. But we, we and he'll be a stud. We don't know that. Who said that? Like you know, I'm hoping for it because he's on my dynasty team. <laughs> but I'm not saying that. It's just so weird that, that one year he would be this amazing deep threat, and then the next year suddenly everyone's like, well, he's not playing football anymore. <laughs> like what what happened well i, I mean i think that's a, a testament to george kittle being a part being not not necessarily a part but being the offense well but george kittle can't run a 4.3 you know 40 uh marquis goodwin is is like otherworldly well and, and what, what i'm saying though is like the uh, the offense itself is like has to be you know the, the mentality of the offense and the play calling is is going to be different than it was this time last year before the world was introduced to George. Kittle. I just can't grasp that a, that a guy that was going as like a WR one or two uh, a year ago is suddenly not going to be drafted. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I just don't understand that at all. Well, the numbers. I mean, I, did, I mean, did he really put up uh, uh, big numbers last year? Goodwin was injured. He didn't. He was play. injured last year, but the year before he had fifty six catches for nine hundred sixty two yards, a couple touchdowns. Um, you know, he's never, he, he's always had good yards per reception. Um, he hasn't found the end zone enough, I guess. And, and at that time he was the number one option in San Francisco. He's not the number one option by far now. But why isn't he the number mm. one option? I, think I, it's I, Dave's question. I just don't believe in it. I, I don't think, I still think he's going to be like a WR3. I don't believe that he's suddenly out of the league. I like Marquise Goodwin as well, and I definitely <laughs> would like him as a sleeper, although I tend to lean – maybe it's because I play more Dynasty now is that I tend to lean towards the rookies as being the more productive guys because I always feel like no, I have a better chance the rookies at what I haven't productive. seen rather than what I the have seen. The most productive guys are guys between like their second and fifth year. Or maybe a better ceiling with the guys who I don't know yet, but you're right. You're totally right, and it makes more sense that a guy who's been in an offense now for three years is going to be more effective 
than someone who all I'm saying has is never seen it. Before. You're right on the money with like your analysis so far, but I don't believe that Goodwin is actually not going to perform in this offense. I don't believe it at all, one cent. Uh, and and I will probably end up ranking him, uh, I like him as like a wide receiver three or four. Not I like him. Not a rank. Uh, 175, which doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a little too low. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see how much activity he's getting on the team uh, in practice and in the preseason game. Yeah, but... let's watch the preseason games this weekend and figure it out. Yeah, yeah, those are fun. <laughs> so, so should we pause the podcast till then? Or... Yeah, <coughs> we'll, so... we'll come back to it uh, Sunday. <laughs> Sounds good. The San Francisco game was actually on during dinner earlier tonight. There you go. Um, uh, so the rookies on the team, we've mentioned them already. You get Debo Samuel. He was a second-round pick. Jalen Third, a third-round pick. Um, so in the first preseason game, Samuel made a really nice 45-yard catch over a defender, set up a touchdown. It was great play. Um, and the future's looking good for them. But Jalen Hurd, he out, you know, he outdid him. He had two touchdowns in the game. So these guys, obviously, first preseason game, it was probably second-half action. So it's not like it's about to happen, but they're both uh, making plays, which is the first thing you need to do when you get to the NFL. Um, so one or both of them will probably get established, and one or both of them will be fantasy relevant once they are established. So keep an eye out for them. I'm not saying draft them. I would kind of, you know, if we're looking at a second receiver in San Francisco, I go with Dave. Take Marquise Goodwin. Thank you for turning around, by the way, because I just I don't understand why everyone's so down on him. It makes no sense. I have not heard enough information to really let me know that like he is just not an option anymore. And if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, you know uh, this guy who hasn't really had that many NFL starts uh, on a brand new team, getting out there, why would I not want the Olympic sprinter running downfield <laughs> and a guy that I already threw the ball to for almost a thousand yards in the previous year? It's it's crazy, crazy. No. Um... He was he had a different quarterback at that time. I forget who it was a couple of years ago, but it wasn't Garoppolo. A guy that on that team had but the yeah, ball thrown to him for a second. Can't produce for yeah. sure. Lovely music selections. Well done, sir. From uh, from DJ Jazzy J. Ooh. Over here. Because your name's Jason. Stands with a J. <laughs> Space Needle. Hashtag Space Needle. As we've as we've heard so far in the broadcast, there are lots of things you should pay attention to. <laughs> I think that's the lesson for fantasy football. <laughs> if you want to be good at it, then pay attention. Mm. So, so we we're the San Diego Chargers next. Los Angeles. Sounds about right. Oh, I wanted the San Diego Chargers. You guys got a. I need like a cattle prod or something, you know, so I can reach across the table and be like, Los Angeles. I'll lend you the one that I have to use for the draft tomorrow night. They drop me in second round pick. That's... Well, this guy's going to try to put like a five hour draft into a two hour window. Good luck. Good luck, sir. It'll be a thing. Yeah, something will happen. <laughs> something. Hopefully, something will happen. I'm sure. It's ev- better than nothing. Everyone happening. will show up on time and it'll be fine. I think we're going to start at 7.15. I, I doubt that. What time zone? I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so we have two teams left. Let's let's go ahead and get through them. Boom. Uh, one of my favorites is the last team. I have something to say, but I'll hold my, my trap. Hold your applause, Dave. Uh, until the end. 
So right now, let's talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. What's changed since last year? Tyrod Taylor was added. Great backup quarterback. I really like Tyrod. I never thought that he was a very good starter. Tyrod, Dave. Tyrod. I, I never thought that he was a very good... Tyrod? Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor? Tyrod. Uh, Alvin Kamara? <laughs> Tyrod. Okay, I'm not sure how to deal with this. <laughs> perhaps... Wait, I believe that he corrected a reporter once saying that. Perhaps you could pour me a, a shot in this little glass. I don't... This, I cannot possible? reach... Perhaps you could you could help me. <laughs> Shot will be bored. Oh, thank you, sir. So uh, to Rod Taylor, thank you, Dave. <laughs> he was added. Great backup quarterback. I never really thought that he would be a, a, a great starting quarterback, but the guy is a really good athlete. And whenever I see him in preseason games or even in regular games coming in as a backup, uh, or even in in half of most of his starting games, he's been very good. So I'm excited for the Chargers to have him, especially uh, when you have Philip Rivers, who is definitely uh, coming on his uh, onto his grandfather years. Um, it's yeah. nice. It's nice to be able to have someone who doesn't have He's getting uh, into the Brady years, who doesn't sure. have kids that also have kids uh, as a quarterback. So you never know when you're going to need someone to to drop in there. Tyrell Williams was released, picked up by the Raiders. We talked about yeah. him earlier. Tyrell. <laughs> Antonio Gates, I'm pausing if there's any, uh, Antonio Gates. <laughs> uh, no, you got that. Antonio. Antonio. Once again, a free agent. As long as Hunter Henry is healthy, this could be the first season since 2003 that the Chargers actually won't have Gates on their roster. Which, how long, like, has, has anybody been how in the league that long? How many kids has Philip Rivers had since then? Do, do, is Antonio Gates also a grandfather? Like... We, we should That's do. A, we are should, any of those kids really Antonio Gates' kids? We should do a podcast on how many grandfathers <laughs> are in the league and and how many of them aren't kickers because that's too easy. I mean, that's a, Adam Vinatieri, check. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the breakout third year wide receiver on the team, super easy, actually is a third year wide receiver. It's Mike Williams. Barely an inconvenience. He's been awesome. And the first year he was in the league, he had injuries, and so although he had a, a really high draft capital, capital, I think he was uh, drafted in the first round. But you can check for me if if you're fast on the uh, on the keyboard. Uh, back slow. in 2017, right? Um, his third year, his ADP is 61 right now. Wide receiver 25. He had 10 touchdowns in 2018, which is an amazing number as a good red zone talent on that team. 10 is team. a great number, 66, especially after he had zero in year one. 66 targets, 43 receptions for 664 yards. And he was he was also kind of battling for that position with Williams. And because Williams went to the Raiders, all those opened up for him almost immediately. You know, one thing that was crazy about um, Tyrell Williams was that oh, not he Terrell. started the last three years. I see. He started every game the last three years, which is super rare for a uh, for a Chargers uh, wide receiver. You know, they're always getting hurt. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Um, so, anyways, your question earlier was Mike Williams drafted high. He was. He was the seventh overall pick exactly. in the 2017 draft. And, and kind of a disappointing season, but mostly due to his injuries. Uh, so, the fact that last year, if you remember, we were watching games. If the Chargers were involved, it was like, Mike Williams, Mike Williams, just touchdowns all over the place. He caught a touchdown every 4.3 catches. Yeah. So he should be a very solid number two. He played all 16 games last year. So we're thinking he's he's over whatever injuries he had in his rookie year. And I think he'll be 
quite an amazing breakout receiver. And I, I can't imagine you guys have anything to say against that. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I have not met any fantasy analyst or expert anywhere that I've talked to who has said the opposite. His ADP is 61. So the closest player that we've talked to about today might be Cooper Cup. Would you take him instead of Cooper Cup? Yes, because he's a red zone threat over Cooper Cup. Touchdown. Uh, but if you're in PPR, then it's a different story. So it's a we're talking about standard right now by default, right? If it's a half PPR league, then Cooper Cup might move slightly ahead. But point is that he's not a stud, but he's an almost stud, and so is Cooper Cup. Okay. Right? Do you agree? I do. I, I was just, you know, I, I just wanted to see. I thought that you might go there. Um, I, I, I totally agree that Mike Williams can be a stud. He can wind up with over 1,000 yards this year. Um, he's going to have to catch the ball a little bit more. You know, he has a 65% catch rate. I'd like to see that in the 70s. That's what a lot of the best receivers are doing now. He's a third-year wide receiver. If you look at his stats right, from 1 to 2. Improve. Improve, uh, improve again is all I want. Get a little bit better. This is this is like the exact answer to the question that we have. Boom. Uh, a sleeper that you can draft. Let's look at Melvin Gordon, not as a sleeper. His ADP is 23 right now, running back 13. The reason why it's kind of taken some hits is because he's holding out for a larger contract. He's officially requested a trade out of Los Angeles. He's doing everything that he can do to motion that he wants more money. Now, there's a, a lot of people that think that it's just that, hand motions. But there's a lot of people that think like that... these? Yes, like, like this one and this one, you know what I mean? Hey. But there's a lot of people that think that he's going to maybe even take the Le'Veon Bell approach and just sit out uh, because he feels that he wants money like David Johnson, like Le'Veon Bell, like uh, like these guys that have been paid, and he's not going to get it. There's a discrepancy right now of more than a couple million that the Chargers are refusing to pay for him. Now, if the two sides come to an agreement, Austin Eckler, 8th round ADP, running back 34 right now off the board, he will still have value as one of the better backups. He's a great pass catcher in the backfield. Uh, he's, he's, he's good. about. So he could give you an RB2-3 immediately with the last pick of the draft. So the question here is, what do you believe about Melvin Gordon? And do you think he'll get traded or do you think that he'll sit out? Uh, the problem here is, even if you don't, drafting him is now a risk. It's now a risk situation that you're entering into. It's similar to Le'Veon Bell's last year. There are some differences. I know Jason and I talked about that before. But whenever you, you go into a draft and you, you don't have a contract on a player, then you're, you're literally you're betting that that player will actually be on the team and actually play football. Because there's a percentage chance that exists right now that he won't. Right, so this is his uh, fifth-year option from his rookie contract, scheduled to make $5.6 million this year. Um, I think that the Chargers find a way to sign him. They, as we said, it's not the same kind of situation as Bell. Um, he's not going to be a free agent if he sits out. He'll just have to play out the contract next year. Um, so they're not even at the point where they're going to franchise him yet. Um, I think that they'll find a way to... Um, you know, get Melvin Gordon in a uniform week one. I know that you do, but there's a reason why he's dropping an ADP week after week. Of course. And I that's mean, because he literally is not part of the team. He's not going to the team meetings. But and that's he's not happening to Ezekiel Elliott. He's requesting a trade. Ezekiel Elliott's not requesting a trade. Like, he's literally doing things against the organization. That's the only thing that's different at this point. Well, you, you don't need to defend Melvin Gordon. I'm simply saying that, like, there are sleeper options that are out there in the event that he does go somewhere else because... Uh, a lot of these players, 
you know, maybe they're not smart, or maybe their agents are telling them things that, that they're giving them bad advice for yeah, sure. I mean, the, the the Chargers are definitely better equipped than say the Cowboys to deal with the absence of their top running back. You know, I think that Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler can fill in for Melvin Gordon in a reasonable fashion. Exactly right, which is why uh, Eckler is a great backup, which is being drafted at a higher and higher ADP while Melvin Gordon drops, and why Justin Jackson is currently a sleeper. But if Melvin Gordon gets signed, then then that changes. Mm-hmm. So pay attention. Pay attention, pay attention. What stud can you draft? Keenan Allen is the only answer. ADP 28, wide receiver 11 taken off the board. No reason why he shouldn't have. 100 receptions, 1,200 yards, and 6 touchdowns, just as he has the previous two seasons. He talked about uh, Keenan Allen having... a good reason. He talked about Keenan Allen having injury uh, concerns, and he just brought it up again, Jason here. I and like to bring You it must have had Keenan Allen on a team uh, a couple years I ago. I probably did, yeah. But he has played all 16 games the last two seasons, and okay. there's no reason to think that he's going to have injury concerns as of right now. All right. With periods between all of those words, right? As the kids, Period. As the kids do. <laughs> Plus, he was upset about his Madden rating this year, so he's got that extra motivation. He hates the too. Madden rating. Same. It's... Uh... <laughs> Going as quickly as possible, a waiver pickup during the season um, could be Travis Benjamin. His ADP is 291, much like uh, someone we just talked about, Marquise Goodwin. Also similar to Marquise Goodwin, Travis Benjamin has had really good seasons. You know, I always seem to have Travis Benjamin on my team, and and I don't don't regret it. Well, there's a couple guys uh, that everyone just hates for no reason, or they don't understand that that maybe, yeah, they're not a starter every week, but but they could easily be your wide receiver four or five. They could easily fill in on the bye weeks. Why is he being ADP 291 as someone that could easily slot in as the number three wide receiver on a team where Phillip Rivers has thrown for more than 4,000 yards for six years in a row? It doesn't make any sense. So Travis Benjamin, <laughs> Travis Benjamin, maybe he has 700 yards. But he's not going to be the 291st player. He's not going to be the 99th wide receiver when you look at fantasy uh, uh, stats at the end of the year, right? I mean, I guess it's... Talk about undervalued. He just he didn't have a lot of snaps last year. Of course, because it was Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams. And that's what we expect to see this year. No, because Tyrell Williams is on or, the Raiders. No, not Tyrell. We expect to see Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Lots of that. No, because Keenan Allen played last year. It was it was Tyrell, or Tyrell whatever you say, Mike... And it was also Keenan Allen. But this year, there is no other receiver. So I think people don't understand this early in the draft season that this player is going to have a lot of value. And and we talk about things a lot about uh, are they going to be a one or a two or a three. Well, I don't think we value enough those guys that are fours and fives on your team. Because yeah, those are the guys that come in and win you games when you're in the midseason, when bye weeks are happening. I mean, Travis Benjamin. I mean, he's a uh, he, he's he's good for the the every now and then 60, 70 yard touchdown pass. That's exactly I mean, right. That's that, that's twelve points right there. Yeah. So boomer bust guy, you know, maybe, but he's still a WR three on the on the Chargers. Uh, rookies on this team, we have Easton Stick, which just sounds like some kind of club that like Louisville Slugger makes or something. Holy <laughs> baseball bat, I like it. Uh, like one that's not legal for games, but they use in batting practice. That's right. The Easton stick only in practice. 
If they bring it out in the game, like they're gonna have, they're it's gonna have the, trouble. It's what Vlad Guerrero had during the home run derby. <laughs> so no, no offensive picks really to mention. E, uh, Easton was someone who was drafted to maybe be developmental or possibly a successor to Rivers. But Rivers has nine kids, a lot of mouths to feed. He's gonna keep playing for a while. <laughs> that makes me think he probably wants to just like keep playing football and not taking care of kids. He's gonna convert himself <laughs> he to a kicker so he he's can got, play in his mid sixties. <laughs> he's got he's got nine kids, but he's got nine wives. So so one kid per wife, just like uh, the best kind of teacher class. Quite a policy. <laughs> Got this space needle, space needle. Hashtag space needle. Hashtag space needle. The Pesh Mode. The Cure. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm giving away answers, maybe. Oh. Or is it? Or am I? Or is he? Oh, are they? Oh, did they? Or... All right. <laughs> the last team, you guessed it, is the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. Uh, first alphabetically, but last in the league. Um, so what's changed since last year? Everything, I suppose, is the answer here. Um, just like the Raiders, they've changed an awful lot. Perhaps even more. So they have a new coach, Cliff Kingsbury. They have a new quarterback, Kyler Murray. They have a hot wide receiver, Andy Isabella. Um, they got rid of... And Hakeem Butler. Yeah, they, they they rocked it, man. Yeah, they got rid of J.J. Nelson. Um, oh, yeah, Hakeem Butler, fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, uh, they still have Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. Those are the recognizable parts of the team. Uh, some people who had deeper teams last year or perhaps had their eye on the right... Uh, waiver pickups would be Christian Kirk. Um, so because of the fact that the play caller is new, the signal caller is new, uh, this offense is probably going to look completely different than it did last year. Um, so the breakout candidate is the guy I just mentioned, Christian Kirk. He's a second-year wide receiver. He was drafted in the second round last year. Um, I think that a lot of people are kind of picking him to be uh, the guy that kind of steps up in Arizona as the number one wide receiver. Uh, he had 68 targets in just 12 games, so over a full season, and you give him a little bit of a boost. It's pretty reasonable to expect him to have at least 100 targets this year, in my opinion. So the Cardinals were 29th in the league in pass attempts, and that's definitely going to go up a lot this year. Um, they didn't even have 500 passing attempts, I believe. Um, so that's like an air raid offense from Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Kirk's ADP is 77. Um so he's a very solid mid-round pick. He's going to be like basically the first wide receiver off your bench. Uh, you draft him as a WR4 uh, or maybe even a 5, and he has potential to be a WR2 totally. Um, obviously, you know, you're not going to get like a crazy season necessarily from Kyler Murray, uh, but anything is going to be better than what they had last year in Arizona. Uh, so the sleeper for them... Um, I think you're going to get a crazy season, but... In Arizona? Yeah. You think it's going to be, like, monumentally awesome? Yes. Well, that's excellent. It's great to be hyped on teams. I fucking, you know, I dig that, dude. Force to first. It, there's a team every year that, that does that. Who do you think it'll be this year? I don't you I don't want to say the Raiders. I'm, I'm, not, obviously, I'm not saying they're going to jump to first in standings. I'm thinking fantasy points are going to be ridiculous. Okay. So, um... So, the sleepers to draft, I... I I'm not sure that there's anybody who's a sleeper on this team at the moment. I think it's going to be a lot of waiver pickups later in the year uh, because David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, 
and Kyler Murray are all kind of going off the board in uh, all drafts. Being drafted, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're drafted at their near expected value. Um, there's nobody I really recommend from the Cardinals as a sleeper at the moment. David Johnson, a stud. He's going to have a renaissance in the desert. I think Dave might agree with me based on his hype for this team. Uh, so Johnson, his ADP is five, his rank is five. He's right outside that top tier of running backs, but I- I'm fine with taking him. I don't consider it a necessarily uh, bad run if you wind up with the fifth running back taken, and it's David Johnson with the fifth pick. I, w- I would love to to talk on uh, one of the po- – I'm sure we will, uh, like during the season, about the actual air raid offense. I've actually listened to about two or three hours of uh, <coughs> like documentaries and film studies because I didn't understand what it was. So I'm like, I, what is it? Like air raid, sure, they throw the ball a lot, right? Uh, but I wanted to know what it was, and I'm not going to get into that right now. But, Tell, give us a quick. But it actually helps everyone, including David Johnson. And that makes sense because where where David Johnson was, right, they didn't really have any offensive play callers or anyone doing anything after Bruce Arians left. So it was like Byron Leftwich, right. like really maybe you should the ball up the middle. Maybe you shit. should throw David Johnson the ball. And it's like, yeah, yeah, David Johnson's like, yeah, I'll take the ball. Like, just throw, <laughs> yeah. it, throw it to me. Right here, I'm open. So the 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 very short like explanation that I can give you in in ten seconds is that the air raid offense is um, you 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 go to pass the ball most of the time. Let's say, you know, like uh, three quarters of the time. Okay. Uh, but every single time you pass the ball, the plays that you have have uh, three or four different options for passing the ball if it falls apart. So every single play, the pass is not just like a run or a, fall over it's like a pass but then if it doesn't pass you pass 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 or pass and the the players themselves the uh the wide receivers have to be smart because the wide receivers change their plays during each uh play during the play they have to read what's going on so they're on also reading in addition to the quarterback so those wide receivers and running backs will also change their play and everyone knows exactly what's happening with the changes depending on the defensive formation. Hopefully everyone knows. Well, that's what has happened in the past, right? Okay. And and I'll just go on for 2 seconds. The the Patriots, for example, uh have have used some of this in the past and they still do now. And it's not called the air raid offense, but the guy who originally created that air raid offense has said the Patriots are already using like 50% of our offense in the NFL. Yeah. So when people say the air raid has never happened, it has, and it is currently existing in some of Bill Belichick's current offense. But 100% air raid is basically all the people on the offense, the wide receivers, the offensive linemen, the quarterback, everyone has like... uh, Everyone has a hot route, basically. Exactly. That's Depending on... They all read the defense. I had no idea. I thought it was just a nickname. No. That's they they're all reading yeah, the defense and they, passes. and they have multiple <laughs> reads. So so if you have a really smart quarterback and really smart receivers, uh, you're going to destroy any defense. Well, I mean, there are probably few receivers who are as smart at the game as Larry Fitzgerald. Hundred percent. So he's really going to help them implement this offense. Hundred percent. And uh, I believe Kyler Murray ran that in college, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. So did Patrick great. Mahomes. So did Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, that's three of the best young quarterbacks right now. That's what I'm saying. So, waiver pickups during the season. You got the rookie, Andy Isabella. Uh, his ADP is and rank are both over 200. So, he's likely to be available on the waiver wire early in the year. But um, 
take Dave's advice, and if you really like him, just draft him at the end of your draft because you don't want to leave the waiver wire up to chance. You know, that there is certainly a chance if your team wins early in the year, you're not going to be able to get these guys, or they're going to be too expensive on an FAAB budget or something like that. Um, so look for, you know, Kyler Murray and Andy Isabella to develop a rapport because um, they do need to replace Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, the other guy I would look at is Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, so, you know, really any sort of uh, receiving tight end who is moving into a newish role or the offense is changing directions, I want to keep an eye on this year because um, if you if I don't wind up with one of the top three tight ends, like I'm going to wind up having to pick up somebody during the year or streaming guys. Uh, so it's good to know, you know, the status of all of these random Ricky Seals Jones. Yeah, he, he, he seemed to be good for a uh, for a good breakout game uh, every now and then uh, last year. So he'd be good if uh, sure. like your starting tight end is. If on, I could see five catches a game or something, I think that would be yeah. amazing. What's up with them, Ricky Seals Joneses? So we'll break down the rookies here. So obviously, <laughs> the first overall pick in the 2019 draft was Kyler Murray. He is probably going to be starting in Week One. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Um, you know, he started the first preseason game for the Cardinals he looked good I saw a few passes I, I I was watching with a friend and I said hey come in here you got to watch surprise the Cardinals are moving the offense yeah I mean it, <laughs> it's something we haven't seen in a while Dave let us get used to it again I totally agree uh, so he was efficient he was six of seven for 44 yards um but he didn't play very long because it was week one of the damn preseason and who cares yeah uh so Murray is probably gonna be the starter all year um and like most rookie starters at quarterback, he's very unlikely to finish as a top 10 guy, but he'll be relevant as a backup, as a streaming option. Uh, he'll be relevant to two quarterback leagues, and he was probably the first overall pick in your dynasty draft, if I, it's a redraft. I, I, again, must say that I think he will finish in the top five of quarterbacks in fantasy. However, uh, that that's not your uh, opinion. That's, that's mine. That is why you preface that with I will say. Yep. As in you will say. Yep. I will say for Jason. No, that's not. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not what I think, but that's a bold prediction. You guys are going to have fun watching Cardinals games. It's never happened, but it's happening. I had fun watching Cardinals games when Bruce Arians was the coach. Yeah. When Kirk, Kirk, Kurt Warner like was Kurt the... Warner teams. Uh, yeah, those yeah. were fun to watch. Kurt Warner, not exciting. <laughs> no, 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 but his teams were. <laughs> Kurt Warner, very boring. Um, so anyways, Andy Isabella was taken in the second round. He is the other big rookie on the team. Uh, and why do you take him to the second round? Because when you get a Lamborghini in the first round, you want to get something really sweet to go along with it. Uh, so Andy Isabella is going to have a tougher road to find regular playing time behind Larry Fitzgerald and behind uh, Christian Kirk. However, you know they didn't draft him to sit on the bench, so he's going to get in there. Uh, he is going to find a significant amount of targets by the end of the year. He will be fantasy relevant, in my opinion, by the middle of the year. Hakeem Butler is a is a crazy uh, statue of a man, like a crazy red zone thing going on. Uh, He's a red zone statue. Andy Isabella is a fast, small white guy uh, who is almost perfect in the air raid offense because he is smart and knows exactly every route to run uh, in, in those situations. And so I think they'll use him a lot. But you're completely right, I think, about Christian Kirk. And I think Christian Kirk, even though he's not part of this current regime, is a is a great receiver who they will utilize, and I think he's the guy there. Well, they do have the same GM still. They did change coach, but they have the the guy who drafted Christian Kirk is still there. Yeah, but di- different offensive personnel, different coach, different quarterback. They changed almost everything else. Everything else is different, 
But hey, talent recognizes talent. <laughs> game recognizes game, Dave. That's right. We're doing it. Doing it well. Represent Queens. It's raised out in Brooklyn. All right, well, thanks for joining us, Dad. That was excellent. Hey, good times. Good times had by all, and uh, hashtag Space Needle. Space Needle! Hashtag Space Needle.